the Chicago Sky have done what? <laughs> and what if I told you that WNBA free agency was like a poker game? I have our own James K here to discuss it all. Locked on women's basketball starts right now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and welcome. You are locked onto women's basketball. I am Jackie Powell and I'm one of your Friday hosts. I cover the New York Liberty at the next. I help with the next social media strategy and I've covered women's basketball nationally, excuse me, (laughs) at Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, W Slam and many other places. Thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Women's Basketball is brought to you by everyone at The Next, a place where we cover women's basketball all the time, and we tell the stories that need to be told every day. Also, if you subscribe to us at The Next, you can get 50% off our partner site, The Equalizer, which covers women's soccer every day. And if you become a paid subscriber of The Next right now, you can get 23% off our usual price. Why 23% off? It's in honor of not only the new year, but it's also in honor of WNBA free agency. Locked on Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to, but faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. During our last time together, I had M. Adler on here, and we previewed free agency, but in a very different type of way. We talked about how we believed free agency was going to impact the WNBA's pecking order. And oh my God, that pecking order has altered since then. It's been an insane two weeks in the WNBA. There have been a lot of trades, I believe four. Lots of emoji tweets, right, James? (laughs) And now a major change in league ownership. So, James, what is the latest news that has broke? Um, So by the time that this will be published, it will be announced that Nadia Rawlinson will be the new co-owner and operating chairman of the Chicago Sky, which there's been a lot of talks over the last year and a half, I would say, that the Chicago Sky have been looking for informally, I should say, looking for someone to jump in and be a part of the ownership group. And yeah, this is a pretty exciting time for Chicago Sky fans. The press conference that we just did with Nadia, I mean, she's so energetic, such a, people are going to fall in love with her immediately as just someone who's going to bring a lot of energy to the organization. So yeah, Nadia Rawlinson is now the new co-owner and operating chairman of the Chicago Sky. That is very exciting news, and it's a, a very interesting time for this news to break and for this news to become a reality. And so I guess the question I have for you, James, is what exactly do you think this means for the sky? I think this presents a lot of opportunity for the sky, give it from a resources perspective. So when I talked with Michael Alter last, I believe last summer it would be now, that's crazy to think about. He talked about how money wasn't as much of an issue and that when we bring in, when the sky, I should say, bring in, talking from Michael's perspective, someone who could join in as an owner or co-owner, that they would increase the value of the franchise. And I would say that Nadia was aligned with that 
throughout this press conference, she's someone that mentioned about how having a little bit more flexibility financially is going to be able to, to open up a lot of opportunities. And for me, I mean, I think that resources are the thing that come to mind when it, when it comes to the Chicago sky, a lot of people have pointed to the turning facility being in Deerfield, Illinois, which is, it's a hike, you know, coming from Chicago to Deerfield. It's about like a 35, 40 minute drive. And a lot of players live out there, not as much in Chicago. So it's interesting to see what Nadia can bring from that perspective of just looking around the landscape, someone with a really fresh perspective, someone that's like a, not necessarily a WNBA diehard, but you could just feel the energy that she was bringing about. I want to do right by the sky. I want to expand this organization that she's become familiar with over the last couple of years. And so I guess, how exactly did she become familiar with the sky? I think so. She's someone that's from the area. So she grew up in Lake Forest and she's, I think she said that she's been like, she's lived in or around Chicago. She's been around like four times moving in and out. So she is familiar with the area. She said that she's someone that grew up watching the Bulls dynasty. I think she was a high schooler um, when Chicago, uh, the Bulls, uh, an, an MMBA team, Jackie Powell, if you're not familiar with um, that, you know, she, I mean, she's, once you're, once you watch that, you understand what the culture of winning is like in Chicago and it's the, the city's desire from all of its sports teams to become the champions. It's a big market for a reason. And that big market expectation is something that I believe is on her mind and on everybody else's mind. So um, yeah, I mean, she mentioned, you know, the Sky winning a championship two years ago and that, I mean, there's just a lot of possibilities with where this organization can go after reaching the mountaintop like that. Right. And so when I think about resources, the first, one of the first things that comes to my mind is this current discussion that has been entertained by top free agent Brianna Stewart, and that's regarding the uh, the charter flight and travel situation. And so when I think about one of the franchises saying, okay, we have someone who is willing to invest a little bit more into the franchise, it sort of makes me think, well, is this a good thing for the evolving situation on, you know, on WNBA travel? I think that's definitely going to be a part of the discussion for everyone that's coming into any ownership group across the W. I mean, it is one of the hottest topics, not even just in W circles. We're talking about something that has really taken over the sports talk landscape over the last few days, especially. And I even had someone who's never texted me about the WNBA being like, what's up with this charter situation? I mean, it's really, it's gotten even past the casuals onto people who aren't even interested in sports. So I do think that that's going to be a priority for all these uh, for all these teams. But, you know, Michael Alter is someone who mentioned today is like, you know, the players deserve more money. They, you know, in order to for them to be chartered and again, even get paid more than they do now. It's something that growing like the growth and revenue is such an important aspect of being able to get there. And it's not like. The sky when they came in in 2006, 2007, where one of these NBA owners who then took on a WNBA team, like the Alters have had to kind of build this up from the ground and, you know, being an independent team like that. So I do think that these are all things that they've been considering. I mean, it is something that I think when you look around all of these teams in the W, the owners that are going to be t- you know, take this issue seriously are probably the ones that are going to, or the teams that are just going to be the ones that get a leg up when talking to players, given how vocal they've been. And you got to be able to listen to the people that are telling you that things need to change. Absolutely. And so actually I want to transition a little bit to the topic of this poker game. Uh So, and I, I feel like I'm having a bit of a Rachel Maddow moment because it's sort of like she starts out in this location where you're like, I don't, I don't know where she's going. And then she sort of you know, eases in and you know exactly where she's going. So listeners, please bear with me. So James and I actually had a discussion earlier this week 
about how some decisions that top free agents are going to make within the next few or many days um, that might lead to more player movement. And some of those decisions might force a team's hand and might force them into rebuild mode. And I think I said to you, James, I said, this might require someone to fold in the poker game that is WNBA free agency and say yes to, yeah, we need to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And at first, I thought the Sky could be one of those teams who might have to consider folding. And so why, you, you seem to agree with me on this. Why? And this was before this news, obviously. Yeah, you know, I could, again, we're not in all of these rooms that are taking place with regard to like the key free agents with the sky among them, Courtney Vandersloot, Candace Parker, Ray Stevens. I mean, Allie Quigley, technically. Um, I do think that there is a case to be made that the Chicago sky either try to retool or rebuild given that I think that if one of these teams like the Liberty or the Lynx are able to either add someone like Brianna Stewart or Courtney Vandersloot that puts them immediately into the contender conversation where if you lose someone like Courtney Vandersloot, who I've said it on this podcast, said it on mine as well, the Skyhook podcast, that <laughs> Courtney Vandersloot could be the greatest facilitator of all time in the WNBA but by like, when it's all said and done. And when you lose a player like that, there's not a real way to make up their productivity. And especially what I would – I would classify this as being a pretty weak guard class for free agency. Not to say there's not quality players, but in terms of star talent that's available, we really have seen those options kind of dry up a little bit across the board. I mean, Alicia Gray, I mean, she's a wing, but she's someone that could initiate. We don't really know the situation around Scholar and Smith's situation with Phoenix. So, it, there's not really an easy option, like an easy replacement for Courtney Vandersloot in free agency. So, and again, we don't know what Candace Parker is going to do. It appears like she has two options with the Sky and Sparks taking a meeting with the Aces, but we'll see, you know, as Ray Stevens also has league-wide interest. It's something that you just have to at least prepare for if you are the Chicago Sky. And what's interesting about what you said in regard to the guard class and we, and this is going back to our conversation, I was thinking about it and I thought about the reasons in which, or the reason or how rather, Jonquil Jones left the Connecticut Sun. And I said to myself, I said, okay, if Jonquil said that she was planning on seeking out something else after 2022, then why did she sign a two-year deal on that core? And so later we find out that she didn't want the son to just be left with nothing. Uh, that guaranteed a, a sign-and-trade, or, or actually, no, that, that guaranteed a trade to happen, and the son got some value back for their MVP. The reason I bring this up is because what if uh, the... Courtney Vandersloot and Brianna Stewart both decide not to choose the Seattle Storm. What happens with Seattle? What is in their calculus? Is Are they in a position to fold, James? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's not inconceivable that after how many years of success, Jackie, we're talking about over a decade of success, that you would definitely consider recharging and building towards the future. And again, they only have two contracts on the books for 2023 and Jewel Lloyd and Mercedes Russell, who I don't know if you know the status of Mercedes Russell right now. I haven't seen anything on that yet, but the, the signs do point to, you know what, maybe it makes sense to just recharge and look towards the future. And I do wonder what the value is for Jewel Lloyd right now. And if, I do think, though, if Courtney Vandersloot and Brianna Stewart were to consider going to Seattle, that the idea would be to keep Jewel Lloyd. I just want to float that out there. But if there was a pathway that, let's just say, 
Courtney were to sign in one of these other markets, I think the top ones we would both agree would be the Minnesota Lynx and New York Liberty that it would make sense maybe if you're the Chicago Sky and you're not interested in the retool or rebuild. There's a lot of excitement in the city about your team. You just you have a waiting list for season tickets. Hey, why not bring back Jewel Lloyd, who has even practiced at Wintrust Arena, someone who played against the DePaul team when she was in, I believe, in high school um, and, the, and the practice squad. Why not have another homecoming and have all the narratives be generated from that and get a player who is what just removed like one year removed from having one of the best seasons of her career as well. Someone that, I mean, imagine the pairing of Kalia Copper and Jewel Lloyd, Jackie. I mean, does that intrigue you? If you're the sky, if you think, okay, Courtney's gone, let's just say maybe Candace Parker doesn't come back. Would you try to execute a trade with Kalia to bring Jewel Lloyd and Kalia Copper into the fold for one year and try to sell them on an idea of building this nucleus together in Chicago? I mean, I think that sounds like a competitive team. I don't know if just those two sounds like a championship team, but it sounds like a playoff team to me. Um, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And so, uh, again, and and so this theme of which team, because it's going to have to be someone. I do not think all of these teams can continue on being – very competitive or being within the upper echelon. Someone is going to have to fold. There is going to have to be a team that has, I guess, that has a weaker hand. And and we're going to see that unfold. The one thing I will add before we move on is to extend this poker metaphor I would argue that the Phoenix Mercury aren't even at the proverbial poker table. I mean, what they've done in the past two weeks is they've extended qualifying offers to Sam Thomas, Shea Petty, Megan Gustafson, and Sophie Cunningham. And that's basically an administrative thing that you just sort of check off. So... James, what do you make of, of their relative silence and what is their role, you know, at this poker table? Do you agree that they're just not there? I would agree. I do think Phoenix is at a crossroad as well, where you have two people coming back. And I believe that DT and Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner will play for Phoenix next year. The question is, are they enough? And is there enough, like, are they enough after bringing them into the fold? And is there enough money left in the salary cap to add other quality players around them? And are you able to move Skylar Diggins Smith, who, if you're not getting her for a full season, I mean, that's going to be really hard if you have to keep that $234,000 figure on the books and play without that player. I don't really think there's a clear pathway to making something like that happen. I think you really do have to get creative and, I've seen things like bring Skylar Diggins Smith back to Indiana. Well, okay. Well, do you want to crowd the backcourt group? And does that make sense for the development and timeline of some of these younger players? I don't really know what Phoenix does. I'm been I'm looking at Sophie Cunningham throughout all of this and thinking, what is her leverage in this situation? Is there a team out there that could try to maybe attach some draft capital, which some, Phoenix desperately needs that, by the way. And you can get someone who was in the most improved player conversation last year. Um, But if you're going for it, are you trying to trade Sophie Cunningham? I would think not based on her development in the last month of the season. That's fascinating. I didn't even think about Sophie Cunningham in that way. But I think a lot of the silence from Phoenix, and I think you said this, they're at a crossroads. They're in the process of being sold right now. and. My understanding is that their general manager, Jim Pittman, has been the point person of all the logistics for the sale. And so while they hired an assistant general manager, I believe it was maybe a few weeks ago, I mean, there's a reason for the silence. It's because they've had other things on their plate to take care of. So... Coming up, 
we're going to discuss the different WNBA teams that have been raising the stakes this January. But first, let's discuss a service that I use each day, and that's LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I get notifications each day with the jobs that match my skills that I have listed on my LinkedIn profile. Hiring and job searches can feel very overwhelming and are for both sides of it all, but LinkedIn Jobs helps ease some of that anxiety. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Especially toward the beginning of the year, adding the right team member can help hiring managers reach for and achieve their New Year's resolutions. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to, but faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA and post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get back to our program here. So to contrast what we were just talking about, about how the Mercury have been this team that's been very absent from our metaphorical poker table here, there have been a bunch of teams that clearly have been very aggressive and they have been not only raising the stakes of the league per se, but they've also been raising their own franchise's stakes. So, James, who do you believe in the past couple of weeks has really raised the stakes and has, you know, put more of an ante in the pot? It's hard not to start with the New York Liberty. I mean, they really got, I mean, in terms of just making the splash of one Stewie, with all these emoji tweets that are driving everybody insane. Google Translate does not have a perfect one for those. I've tried people. Um, we have the all these rumors about there being mutual, I mean, reports from our Howard Megdahl about Courtney Vandersloot having a mutual interest in joining the Liberty. Stu York has taken over as, as well. John Quell Jones is now on the team along with Kayla Thornton. I mean, if the New York Liberty weren't players before just showing like how much money they could put in the middle of the table. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, it doesn't seem like they will stop it by any means to make something big happen that they feel will per- move them forward. But you got to give the, give it to the Minnesota Lynx, Jackie. That's the, I've been saying it since the off season began, watch out for what the Minnesota Lynx are going to do this off season. Their season last year was so misleading. That was a team that one was just blighted by, injuries, COVID concerns, and just a really, I mean, they really rely on Ariel Powers as a scoring option. And she just has had a historical, like just a historically bad shooting start. And then again, we saw what the player who we all came to learn. I mean, had 2021 version of her is something I'll never forget towards that second half of the year. But it honestly, Cheryl Reeve came out with a cigar and the side of her mouth, <laughs> putting those putting those chips forward and just being like, actually, no, Minnesota, don't forget who Minnesota is here. Like, we can attract someone like Brianna Stewart to come to our organization because they build a culture of winning and talk to any athlete. That will be something that will always be attracted to them outside of all the other things that are out there. They got Courtney Vandersloot to take a meeting with them last offseason. That is a huge deal, and clearly Minnesota has a lot of 
respect around the league, obviously so, given their track record. To me, those are the two teams that are just like looking at each other from across the table, being like, oh, you're, you're going to re-up me right now? Like, okay, here I'm going to raise you again and just keep raising. I'm excited what the next couple of days look like between those two staring at each other, uh, waiting to see who has the bigger ego in this game of poker. <laughs> So the links are really fascinating because they they didn't make the playoffs in 2022. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite podcasts besides our own is the Cheryl Reeves show. And basically every week you sort of hear the the thoughts and musings of Cheryl Reeve and episode upon episode during this off season it seemed very clear to me that they wanted to be big players in free agency and they believe they have a lot to offer. They, people like playing with Nafisa Collier. Uh, that's something that they definitely, I mean, I think she was with them when they took meetings with folks in Istanbul and they, they have very, very high end facilities uh, the only thing that I really think may hold the links back is just the the scale of market that they're in, um, especially for someone like Brianna Stewart um, when it comes to being able to leverage her, her new signature shoe. Mm-hmm. But um, I think there's another couple of teams we could talk about here. And I mean... You could argue, I guess, the Aces have had an interesting two weeks in that they've taken this meeting with Candace Parker, they traded Dierica Hamby to to clear some of uh, their cap. Uh, obviously, Dierica Hamby has um, been pretty open about her experience with the Aces, but based on that move from strictly a basketball side, it looks like Las Vegas understands that they need a little bit more cap space to have uh, better depth. So taking it, you know, having Candace Parker sit down at the table, that's a power move. I mean, we know how close Chelsea Gray and Candace are. So that's, that's a team that I think about as well. Obviously, I mean, they use the whole raise the stakes as their, as their slogan during the playoffs. I mean, I, oh, I would see it every single time on, on their press releases. But we just want to be clear when we say raising the stakes. It's that visual that James spoke about, which is pushing all the, the chips in at the poker table. And, and even, I'd say the Atlanta Dream as well. I mean, they have been very active. They were involved in two trades. They sent Christy Wallace to Indiana for D-Rob. They then, in the much more glossy trade, they got Alicia Gray, who is one of the better two-way wings in this league. Absolutely. So, so James, you shook your head up and down when I mentioned the dream. Why do you, why do you agree? I love teams that maybe know they're not going to be the most serious of contenders in terms of being able to win a championship, but know that in order to pave the way to get to that championship, to get to the mountaintop, you have to win still, you know, you can't just get all these draft picks together and maybe bring in one person. And then it's all just going to work out that the continuity aspect of this matters so much. And to try to build a future with Ryan Howard, Alicia Gray, Cheyenne Parker, I mean, I know she has one more year left on her deal, but she's a really underrated defender over there. She's, I'm really curious how they're going to make the front court work. But the Atlanta Dream are showing they are ready to, again, push chips towards the middle of the table here. And I just like teams that understand the value of winning and the different degrees of winning. And I look at the 2019 Chicago Sky as a team that, you know, they weren't necessarily going to contend that year, I think, in the most in the eyes of most people. But they understood, OK, we do we win a little bit in 2019. We win a little bit in 2020. 
And now we're setting the stage for a big free agent to come in and try to help us win now. I think Atlanta has really set itself up to not only potentially add a big fish in free agency in the coming years, but who knows? Maybe we see something this offseason as well that we don't know all the conversations that are happening. And I would be really fascinated to see if they end up trying to go after someone with a big name. They could be a Skylar Diggins Smith destination, by the way, if we're really looking around the landscape of the league, given how much cap space they have right now. So I love what the dream did as much as I would have loved to have seen Diamond Miller and Ryan Howard together, just dominating teams in transition. But for another time, I guess. <laughs> I think another indicator of that, of how the dream have been, I guess, acting during this free agency period is the fact that it seems very clear that Alicia Gray is going to be a player with them for the long term. I believe it was Alexa Philip who, who reported that the intent on both sides is that they will sign an extension after the one year on her deal that she had in Dallas goes up. And so what does that tell you? She wants, she wants to stay. I mean, mind you, she is, she grew up very close to Atlanta, but I mean, it tells you that they've built an organization that makes players want to stay. I mean, that's so valuable, right? I mean, (laughs) You got to build the culture. And I know that things were really tough for them in 2021. The turnaround that they have had as an organization since has been nothing short of extraordinary. And yet you get you. I mean, Alicia Gray is someone that any team around the league would want to add. I'm sure Dallas is probably kicking themselves a little bit for having to not figure out that relationship to make it work to keep someone like her who should be an all-star next year. She's someone that arguably should have been the representative on Dallas last year in the all-star game. And it's going to be really interesting to see how she grows with them. I think even if they didn't get the commitment from her saying like, Hey, you know what? I really do want to test free agency out next off season. I think I would have still made the trade knowing that, Hey, I get a summer to convince a, again, someone who's a borderline all-star who I think has all-star level talent to sell that person on the culture and the, potential of what the future could be if Alicia were to stay with the franchise. And those are the type of moves, especially in a 12 team league, I think are so valuable when there's fewer options and money becomes tighter and tighter every year. So I would love the move for Atlanta. The last team I think I'll mention, and this is, I'm going to say this is more of a relative to itself type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think the Indiana Fever are a team that we should be talking about as a a more aggressive group that really is looking to make a splash in free agency. I'm not saying the Indiana Fever are going to land Brianna Stewart. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, no, 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 no. I'm saying that the Indiana Fever have become a much more desirable location in a very quick amount of time. They hired Christy Sides, who league-wide is very well-respected. I mean, Lynn Dunn is also very well-respected. Players loved playing for Lynn Dunn when she was a head coach. Apparently, Indiana now has newly renovated training facilities in addition to their arena being fixed up as well. And also, they have enough cap space to offer a veteran maybe more than some of these teams that are higher on the totem pole could offer. I mean, I think it was Howard who reported that the Indiana Fever are interested in Azure Stevens. And so, you know, I know, I know. But it's this idea of the Indiana Fever could say to her, you know, here's an opportunity to really be a leader here. Here's an opportunity to help along in Aaliyah Boston. So it's, they are very interesting to me and it will not surprise me if they make a couple of surprising moves. Azra Stevens to Indiana, my knee jerk reaction to that was like, well, no, they've got Alyssa Smith about to have Aaliyah Boston and Queen Egbo who, again, should have been on the all-rookie team last year. Um, 
<laughs> that would I mean, because Ezra Stevens is someone that took on more of a leadership role last year with the sky. She is someone that I think was inspired by Candace Parker to just be that vocal leader. She had the ox all the time whenever I was at practice, uh, which was quite often, you know, Ezra is someone that has grown. And she's talked about this grown both physically and mentally since coming into the league. So that's an interesting option there, Jackie. I hadn't considered that one just given how much I feel like the Indiana fever need a wing and a reliable point guard. And just you have Kelsey Mitchell for two more years who, again, one of the most underrated players in the league. Let's see what you can do. But that that's an interesting one. I kind of like that for Azure. I don't, I would be surprised if it happened given, I think that there are some other intriguing options, but um, yeah, no, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I also like Azure for Minnesota as well. I think that would be an excellent fit. But I think the concept of that Indiana is going to be a little bit more aggressive and they might they may surprise people. And I think the reason is they have more to offer than they have had in years. Um, so coming up now, there's a group of teams that are who I'd refer to as calling. So I'm using a poker term here. But before about before we talk about the the bets that those teams are making, I want to remind you that the NFL playoffs are here. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On, and that is FanDuel. Uh, they are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets at a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Also, let's look at some really exciting women's college basketball matchups for this weekend. On Friday, number 14, Oklahoma faces number 18, Iowa State. And then on Sunday, there's number 8, UCLA, playing number 9, Utah. There's so much competitive women's basketball to bet on all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans and women's basketball fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. So when it comes to these teams that are calling, so when you call in poker, and I looked this up earlier today, <laughs> it basically means you, I mean, you're, you're just, you're taking a bit of a gamble. You're betting. You, you have a bit of a hand, but you're just sort of matching the pot to make sure you are competitive. And so when it comes to which teams you might think are calling, James, who are some of the teams that come to your mind? The teams that are calling. Whew. I think that it's just in terms of like, okay, if someone comes and says, I don't know, like, what do you mean necessarily by calling? I just want to make sure I get, I make, get that sure. right. So it's a team that, sort of they they continue betting they continue competing even if they have a great hand or something great to offer so it's interesting because also and i play a lot of texas hold'em so one thing that you can do too is call knowing that your chances of of winning the hand or in this case winning a championship are small but you feel like there's that chance of going for it Mm, you nailed it. That's, that is really tough. I do think that Los Angeles is a team to look after, just look at right now, given that 
you know, Neka Gumake is someone, I believe she said towards the end of the season, I mean, the LA Times reported this, that she is interested in coming back. And if you were to get Candace Parker into the fold, let's just say she wants to go back out West and be with the Sparks that you can kind of talk yourself into a little bit. If you're just looking at it in August, not necessarily looking at it in May, a team with Jasmine Thomas, Kennedy Carter, I don't know who that third wing would be if it is still Katie Lou Samuelson, but I do think that she's probably someone that would work best as coming off the bench. You have Derek Hamby, Candice, and Neca. That that's an interesting group right there that could potentially make some noise in the playoffs. And you still have all of this cap space. Kennedy Carter is someone who is a situation we don't know about. There's a lot of speculation, which I've kind of resented throughout this pro- this whole process. I'm curious what's going on and if she's someone that just needs, I don't know, a Northern star. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a more perfect one than Candace Parker, who is one of the more Zen people, someone that just knows how to like take someone under their wing and just like guide them. I mean, we've, I've seen it firsthand and I would be curious to see if Kennedy Carter could just try to find, just find that place of being center with Candace, having someone like Candace and NECA, you know, NECA is also someone that you, you just, that leadership quality of hers is pretty strong. So I look at Los Angeles and I'm very intrigued by what else they could do. Someone whose name hasn't been brought up too is Sammy Whitcomb. And I do think the Los Angeles Sparks really need to invest in shooting this year after NECA, the treatment that she got in the post, knowing that there wasn't really many people around her outside of Lexi Brown who can really let it go from beyond the arc. So I would say that's the team, but do you have another one in mind that I'm missing right now? So, I mean, I have two others, but I agree on L.A. because what was fascinating to me during Kurt Miller and and Karen Bryant's presser was that it was sort of like they were being pulled in two directions. Kurt was saying, like, I'm someone who's a builder. I love to build things and I have this opportunity to do so. But at the same time, then both of them were saying, but we really want to be winning again. We really want to be competitive. And so it's sort of like this weird tug of war type thing. And I mean, I think there's this phrase that's said often, which is if you have the teams in LA and New York winning, that's very good for your league. So LA is fascinating. But I also think two teams that are calling at the poker table are the Dallas Wings and the Connecticut Sun. Uh, I guess. Let's do it, Jackie. Let's do it, Jackie Powell. Let's do it. I'm excited. (laughs) So which, which one should I start with? I think Dallas, it's not crazy to think that team can take another leap this year, especially with Latricia Trammell. Am I also saying that wrong? I've heard so many different pronunciations of that, but Trammell, I think that's right. I think, yeah. I think that that's the more interesting conversation to me than Connecticut at this point, just because we've, I mean, let's hear it. Let's talk about Dallas. Let's talk about Dallas. So the thing about Dallas, and I want to draw our listeners to this piece that Howard Megdahl wrote for the Nine Newsletter this past Wednesday. And he basically was analyzing what Dallas's plan is in 2023. Earlier this week, there was a press conference with Greg Bibb and new head coach Latricia Trammell. And... During the presser, they were going over the many moves that Dallas made. And there are a lot of questions about the fact that continuity has been taken away a bit from this group. They they lost Alicia Gray. They lost Kayla Thornton in, in another trade. And they added some very new pieces. But something that Howard questioned was, okay, so essentially you're building your team around Arike Gumbawale, Natasha Howard, and Satu Sabali, you're saying that Tierra McCowan is going to miss some time and come in much later because she'll be playing in Turkey. 
a question I have there is I believe she has enough years of service to, to, I guess, be held to the prioritization clause. So he was making it seem as though Tierra McCowan will just come late and it will be fine. Does that mean that they sign, they get her to sign a contract once she gets back to the United States? I don't know. But the the point is, they are they are making a bet here on Arike and Natasha Howard. Both are great players, but both are not very efficient. Their most efficient player is going to be coming late. They're also making a bet on the third overall pick, which probably Diamond Miller probably will go at number two. And they're not even interested in Haley Jones. They're interested in Charisma Osborne, I think Jordan Horston. And there was another one that I do not remember. And then you have Marina Mabry, who is attracting four-plus suitors in this league. And she's a restricted free agent. So Dallas is saying, yes, we, we are win now. We want to contend for a championship. But, I mean... It's a big gamble. It is a big gamble what they're trying to do. I will say this. I do understand betting on Tierra McCowan. I yes. do think that she has shown enough, especially as someone who is a secondary facilitator, someone who just has good instincts when she gets double teamed in the post to go find someone on the perimeter or cutting inside. I like. I understand why they would do that. I do think Bella Allery could probably also fill in the hole a little bit. I mean, she was excellent for them defensively in 2021. And there's a reason why I think they actually guaranteed her contract probably a little bit earlier than people expected when that went down. At the same time, I do think, though, if you are trying to win a championship this year, can you not have all the pieces together and then try to have even a shorter amount of time than all these other teams that one already have some continuity together of playing. And it's not like if Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot were to go to the Liberty, that there would be no continuity at all. Like with those John Quell Jones, her and Vander Stewie have all played together at UMMC. So to me, I, I, we're, again, the, if Dallas is just calling here, and again, maybe they don't think they're going to win the hand, but hey, why not go for it? Because the prize would be so big. I get it. I also think that Tierra coming back late gives a walk queer more of an opportunity to develop. And I think we've already seen the like so she can be a contributor to this team. So it is really interesting. I think Dallas is exciting. I, I just. Mm. Are we sure that the number two pick is going to be Diamond Miller? She would be my number two pick, and it's not even a question to me. But it is is it pretty much certain you think that Diamond is going to be that number two pick, or is Haley Jones even threatening it at this point? I mean, I think there's been a lot of chatter around front offices that there are some questions about Haley Jones's development and about if she if she's really making that jump during her senior year. And so, I mean, that's unfortunate to hear because I think Haley Jones is so much fun to cover. She's a fascinating player. And I just hope that amid where she gets drafted, which I don't imagine her falling out of the first round, she'll be one of those players who sort of proves, proves some folks wrong. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. That's my understanding of that. But the reason I think Connecticut is calling is because apparently there is a lot of pressure in Connecticut to win. Obviously, I mean they they've been very competitive for many years, and they're dealing with the fact that they had to trade away or they traded away two players that their fan base has gotten to know. And so you have that pressure. You have that coupled with a brand new head coach and a brand new general manager. I thought Darius Taylor was a fabulous hire, but we also have to remember that this is his first year being the GM, 
not the AGM. So there's a lot of pressure and tension over there to get better at shooting, to still be competitive. And I just wonder, you know, it's sort of ironic because it's like they're really leaning into the shooting. They really want to be better at shooting, yet they've built their team around folks who don't really shoot. Although Bree Jones apparently has been shooting threes and she can shoot a mid-range two. But it's just, I mean, there's a real sense of urgency, I think, to prove to the organization and, and prove to the fans that they can still be very competitive. And they just seem to me like they are they are betting on that duo of A.T. and Bree Jones to be able to even attract some free agents. I mean, I know, I think the Sun are also very interested in Erica Wheeler, very interested in Azure Stevens as well. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I missing? I think Sammy Whitcomb would be an excellent fit in Connecticut as well. Um, and they're also betting on Beck Allen, which you know I adore, but also she's still recovering from that collapsed lung and, and the broken ribs. She was very unlucky in 2022 with th- almost three concussions. I hope that she does not have a 2023 season that is anything like 2022. Seriously. But I think Connecticut is is betting on a lot right now to go right. They are. And I'm going to just harp on your Rebecca Allen thing a little bit because I completely agree. She's someone after that 2021 season, she proved herself as a someone that can really be a major contributor on a playoff team. I thought the sky could potentially go after her if the – you know, if Ali Quigley had retired potentially and Steph Dolson wasn't going to be coming back that, you know, Rebecca Allen, maybe not the most athletic person, but she's so smart as a defender. She uses her length so well and can just shoot the heck out of the ball when she's healthy. And I would have liked this a little bit more if she was healthier, you know, she actually fits the mold of someone that Connecticut really needs. And I, I wish her all the best. I would love to see a healthy Rebecca Allen out there in 2023 but she's just dealt with so much and what it's a collapsed lung that she's still recovering from like that doesn't I'm not a doctor um (laughs) I will never operate on anyone but um I just I worry about Rebecca Allen a little bit in 2023 in the short term and obviously they have to like go for I mean Dewana Bonner is on the last year of her deal like (laughs) I just if and Dewana Bonner is someone that really led them to the playoffs last year from a leadership perspective too. led those player only meetings that you know, they talked about a little bit during the postseason. So, okay. So you have Brianna Jones. I just, I can't imagine what the backcourt is looking like right now. And like, are they going to roll with Ty Harris who had so much potential coming out of college at the number seven pick in the 2020 draft? Are you, Sold Ania Cloudin more than what I mean, she had a lot of great flashes last year. I thought it was a great place for her to go, especially to develop. But there is a reason why they ended up bringing in Odyssey Sims, even after Nia Cloudin was playing some pretty good ball, in my opinion, before they signed Odyssey Sims. So I, I don't really know what they're going to do. I guess they have the number six pick. Maybe that turns into JC Sheldon. But now you're relying on a young player to help lead the backcourt. It is just a lot to take in as we talk about a team that can possibly contend. I don't really see it at this moment, but all it takes is one move in the WNBA landscape to change our opinions on everything. So I just don't know what that move could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I've thought about the sun needing a more dynamic guard for a long time. And we, I mean, I think I remember writing the sun down as a landing spot for Skylar Diggins-Smith during the trade deadline during this past season. Um, but, I mean, trades are really hard to happen in the WNBA trade deadline because of how how much salary cap minutia there is and how tight things are and the amount of hardship contracts that are signed and the injuries. And it's just very complicated. But the one other team that we haven't spoken about, and I mean, you could argue, 
I mean, it's the mystics. The mystics have been quite, and this is a bit of a play on words, but they've been a bit of a mystique. Like, seriously. We know that Mike Tebow likes to play his cards very close to his chest, but it was sort of a surprise to see them emerge in the Brianna Stewart sweepstakes. And so I just wonder, I mean, I, I think they are a team that is, is calling for sure. I, I can say that I, I believe the Mystics were on Jonquil Jones's shortlist. She met with them, but she did not choose them. Uh, makes sense. She went to GW. But I just wonder what type of chips can the Mystics put in? I mean, Mike Tebow has made it clear that they want to get better offensively. Elena Deladon has one more year left. I mean, I feel like their core sort of, this is the last year of that core, potentially. It's so hard. I, I've been thinking about the Mystics. For, I just wrote a story as well about like the top four destinations for Brianna Stewart and trying to make it work within the cap and just considering the what you want to do with Shakira Austin in her development, having Maisha Hines-Allen, who, I mean, her production has started to go down a little bit over the last couple of years, like since the 2020 season, though, Maybe she improves as well, but I just don't really know how they make all of this work necessarily and turn themselves into a championship team if they're if they're going after the big fish. And again, now we have February first looming, right? That's it's coming up. I don't really know how the Mystics are going to make it work. I I mean, I love them as a team. Natasha Cloud is someone that like. Her ability as a facilitator is something that has to excite you. Ariel Atkins is someone that's been one of the most underrated players in the WNBA. I mean, look at the fan vote for the All-Star game last year, and that'll tell you all you need to know. But um, I don't I – wa- I would be really cool to see them be able to take that – like make it work with Elena one more time. And they were really feisty in the playoffs last year. They got dealt a really sh- crappy situation. Uh, <laughs> um you know, with having to manage her a little bit, but I just don't, again, what's the next move for them? Like, what's the, what do you think is the biggest area of need? I mean, I want, I lean towards saying it's wing depth, even though they have a lot of money tied with MHA. Yep. It's, I mean, it's, it's wing depth. It's someone who can create offensively because Ariel Atkins and Natasha Cloud are great, but they can't really create their own offense. And so you need a wing that can slash that can create that's sort of why it it was really interesting to see that it was the Atlanta dream that got the Alicia Gray sweepstakes. Right. I mean, that, that fit. And that's sort of why I, I was really saying Atlanta, they raised the stakes. I mean, they, they got one of the best two way wings. I mean, that's the type of player that the mystics would have loved, loved. So Per usual, uh, there is a lot of, who knows, Mike Tebow may surprise us, but I thought, I feel like they're a team that definitely they are, they are putting their chips in, they are calling. And the continuity with Eric and Mike as well, I think Eric is going to be a great coach over there. You know, he's cares a lot, which I think go, when you talk about one being a good person and actually caring about like what's going on out there. I mean, I just think that there's a lot of potential there. And anytime you get Brianna Stewart into a room that must say a lot about your franchise and the direction it's going in. So I think it's those. Yeah. Well, thank you for making locked on women's basketball. Your first listen every day, join us tomorrow where Hunter Cruz, M. Adler, and Joshua Welch will be back with our Saturday WNBA Draft-themed show. And make your second listen game-to-game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game-to-Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jackie Powell. I've been alongside James Kay. We've been talking a lot about poker. And um, we wish you a wonderful rest of your Friday and a great weekend. Welcome to Wallet. For the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 